Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And I'm reading, of course, from the New King James Version of the Bible. And you should, you may have a different version, but it should read essentially the same. It says, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before, him, before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Amen. Amen. May we abide in the word and bring forth much fruit to glorify our Father in heaven, and may our fruit remain in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, there was a time in America when saying Merry Christmas was not controversial. But, you know, in the last 15 to 20 years, somehow it has become now a bone of contention. Whether to say Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays or Seasons Greetings, and there are some people who say, no, you Christians are just being sensitive. You're just making this up. But no, we're not making it up because at one point Walmart had banned its employees and taken out of its marketing all reference to Christmas. And then when they got backlash from their customers, they put it back in. Target did the same thing. And a number of companies have gone that way. Some are, are maintaining that happy holidays mindset. And of course, Christians have pushed back whenever we've seen that because we want to say Merry Christmas to people. Amen. And we don't be told that uh, you shouldn't say that, that you, somehow you're offending others. But just think of how the country is evolving. Because there was a time when nobody even gave it a second thought. Didn't matter whether you were a Christian or not. Merry Christmas is just a way of greeting people and sort of uh, operating in the joy of the season. And it was an expression of goodwill. You weren't trying to offend anybody or hurt anybody. But now... Christmas has become a cultural and a political issue. Of course, everything has, right? We are now a more, we are, we are, I sh maybe I shouldn't put it this way. This may be going a little bit too far, but, but it's not far off. We have become a more Marxist, socialist influenced nation. And of course, Marxism and socialism are atheistic. Uh, you all probably know this already, but you know, Christmas is banned in China. You're not allowed to celebrate Christmas in China. And you're not allowed to, you weren't allowed to celebrate Christmas in the Soviet Union. 
You can't celebrate it in North Korea. You can't celebrate Christmas in any communist country because they, they have what they call um, an atheistic government. And so the official policy of the nation is there is no God. And so they outlawed Christmas. I think there's some people in our country who'd love to do that here. Uh, but we're not going to allow that to happen. Amen. 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 But look, we know that Jesus said his name would be a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. That's in Romans 9:33 and other texts as well. Uh, so we, we know that the issue really is not Christmas per se. But here's some examples for those people who say, oh, well, you know, you're making too much of it. And this, this is not really, this is not, give, give me a little bit more on my mic, please. This is not really happening. A Nebraska school principal banned the use of Christmas canes during the Christmas season because he said the J is representative of Jesus. And you can't have Christmas canes in the school because we don't want to celebrate Jesus during Christmas. That would, that would be wrong. Eric Sprankle, an associate professor of clinical psychology at Minnesota State University says, forgive me for this, but I, I, want, I want you to hear this, says, nobody should be celebrating Christmas because the virgin birth represents a story of a deity engaged in unethical abuse of power at best and grossly predatory behavior at worst. Yeah, a professor of psychology at Minnesota, Minnesota State University, Eric Sprankle. For 30 years, wreaths across America has been laying wreaths during Christmas on the graves of veterans. Now they've been sued by the Religious Freedom Foundation, which says, uh, Military Religious Freedom Foundation, which says, we must end all expressions of Christianity in the military. And so their founder said, here again, quote, their founder said, laying uh, uh, wreaths, of uh, Christmas wreaths on veterans' graves, quote, is an unconstitutional atrocity and a disgrace, a desecration of non-Christians' veterans' graves. He said it should be outlawed by the courts because the wreath, and I didn't even know this myself really, <laughs> but from his perspective, the wreath is a symbol, of, a symbol of Christianity. It is a, quote, circular and evergreen, it is circular and evergreen to symbolize everlasting life through Jesus Christ, and therefore it should be banned. <laughs> now here we go, I didn't, I didn't even think about the wreath representing that, but this goes to show you, these people do need to get a life. Amen. That, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out, well, how can we object to the wreath? Oh, it's a symbol of Christianity, let's get rid of that. So apparently, we've got a situation in which there are people who are hostile against any symbol, any indication, any homage at all to Christmas as an important holiday in our culture. And frankly, I, I tell you something, to me, this represents anti-Christian bigotry which I never thought I'd see in America because our culture really is Christian. But we are experiencing anti-Christian bigotry now in the United States of America. And so these controversies have been going on for a while. And according to polling data, now this may get a ruffle some feathers of some people who know me uh, or don't know me. <laughs> but according to polling data, 
not only is one's attitude toward Christmas an indication of your sort of cultural or spiritual condition, but it's a political identifier as well. <laughs> According to polls, 70% of Democrats would prefer that everybody said happy holidays, not Merry Christmas. Because they say, now here again, that's not all Democrats, I'm just giving you the polling data, 70% say, well, it's, it's disrespectful to the people who don't celebrate Christmas. So we shouldn't be saying that. Yeah, but still almost 70% of the people in America identify as Christians. So. And 70% of Republicans say that we should say Merry Christmas because nobody should be offended by that. Now I know some people say, now why are you bringing that up? Because it's a cultural reality. I just want Christians who are still registered in and voting for the Democrat Party to understand what you're voting for. That, that, that each party does have a culture. And you all have heard me say, Republicans are not the answer. I mean, because a political party is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. But in the same way that you would want to be warned if you were joining a group that had anti-Christian sentiment and attitudes and policies expressed, then I've got to tell you that about the political landscape as well. Amen? Amen? Amen. 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 I know. I know. The IRS just get in line. <laughs> Praise God. And by the way, younger people are inclined more towards saying happy holidays than saying Merry Christmas because, of course, they're indoctrinated in these camps that we call schools and universities, which are, have become indoctrination camps. I just read you what one university professor, I mean, how warped and perverse is your mind to come up with that? Um, and then to spread that. Well, we know we just had a professor who just, he quit. They didn't fire him, but here at ODU, pushing, pushing pedophilia. So it's a cultural reality. There is a cultural divide, and I just want you to be aware of it. Amen? Amen. But look, the problem we know is not Christmas. We know that's not the issue. The problem is Christ. The problem is Jesus. The problem is Christianity. As, as we heard uh, this, this head of the, the Military Foundation for Freedom of Religion say, you know, it's, 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 it's a desecration because the wreath represents Christianity. So that's the real issue. And we should be clear about this. I've said this repeatedly. It's, this is ultimately not a battle between Republicans and Democrats. It plays out in the political arena that way, or between left and right. It plays out ideologically that way. This is a battle between God and the devil. This is a battle between good and evil. This is, this is a battle between the word of God, which is true, and everything else that people want to espouse, which is false. I mean, it's a spiritual battle, ultimately. Amen? Amen. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 30, he who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. So see, from a spiritual perspective, those who are with Jesus want to gather people to him, right? And those who are not with him want to scatter people. They want to keep people away from him. So then Christmas is a time when we're talking about Christ. What, what does that do? That has the potential to gather people to him. Has the potential to remi remind people of who he is and what he's done. And the people who don't want that 
They don't even want to remind, don't, they don't even want to say Christmas. They don't, they don't want to mention Christ. Seasons, greetings, happy holidays. They may think, oh, I'm just trying to be polite to the people who, who, who are offended by that. But no, they're really driven by another spirit. They just don't know it. And it's the spirit of Antichrist. It's the spirit of opposition to Jesus and who he is and what he's done. Amen. Amen. So they don't want Christmas, Christmas to be a time of gathering people together in his name. They want to do away with that so they can scatter people to the wind. Have them worshiping everything imaginable. Amen. 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 So, so why, though, is this an issue now? Because, of course, the spiritual divide has always been there, right? Between the people of God and the people of light and the people of the devil and the people of darkness. Well, wait a minute, Bishop, are you saying that anybody who's not a Christian is a, is a, is a person of darkness? Yeah, I am. Because that's what the Bible says. The Bible says if you are not in Christ, you are a child of perdition, right? So not Bishop Jackson calling people names. It's just being biblical about it. And we love those folks and we want them to come to Christ. Amen? Amen. But what the Bible makes clear is that there is a bold line between those who are with God and those who are not. And you can be not with God and say, but wait a minute, I'm a really good person. You just don't know. I, I take care of wounded animals and I, I, you know, yeah, great. But the Bible says all your righteousness is as filthy rags before him. Amen. So that's not going, that's not enough. And, and by the way, here again, as I've always said, the problem is not what you do. What you do is, a, is an expression of who you are on the inside. And the fact of the matter is, if you could, if you could get up every morning and say, I'm going to do everything. In fact, I'm going to try to do everything just like a Christian would do it, except I don't want Christianity. You still die and go to hell. Because the problem is not just what you do, assuming you could do that perfectly. The problem is you are dirty on the inside without Christ Jesus. The problem is you are sin on the inside and you and your doing can't change that. And Jesus Christ came to change that. And that's the rub. Amen. That's the rub. So now, but, but why now, Bishop? Why in the last 10, 15, 20 years? Why do things seem to be accelerating so much? I mean, we... Pastor Marlon got up here earlier and, and prayed about the, the, the murders going on. We have a member here who just, just uh, uh, had two relatives shot, one of them in the ICU. You know, because some people say things aren't getting worse. We just know more about it. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said iniquity would abound and the love of many would grow cold. But you know what it also says? Where sin abounded, grace much more abounds. Amen. That means the darker it gets, the brighter the church is supposed to shine. Amen. And, Amen. and saints, we can't shine if we're busy trying to go along. We've got to stand apart. We speak the truth in love. We don't speak it in hatred. We don't speak it with a desire to kill people or harm people. We speak the truth in love, but we've got to speak it. My wife and I were discussing this on the way to church. I said, and she was talking about, you know, all the crazy stuff that's going on and how, you know, death seems to surround us. We just lost a relative uh, up in Pennsylvania, uh, 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 not in Pennsylvania, uh, in Pennsylvania near where we grew up. Um, and young man, but he was a Christian, so we know where he is. Amen. We know where he is. But, you know, we were talking about this issue. I said, well, look, here's the deal. If the truth sets people free and the truth brings light and life, 
then lies put people in bondage and bring darkness and death. I mean, this is why we as Christians should be so committed to truth. I mean, we, 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 the Bible says we're supposed to hate falsehood and love the truth. In fact, the Bible says those who follow the Antichrist will be people who did not receive the love of the truth. Because we know the truth is what sets people free. Amen? Amen. Amen. So the reason for this growing divide, now please hear this in the spirit. The reason for this growing divide is what we are witnessing is intensification of demonic forces in the world. Yeah, things are getting worse because demonic forces are stirring up. They say, well, Bishop, they're already evil. How could they be stirring up? Because the Bible says in Revelation 12, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that his time is short. In other words, the shorter his time, the more wrathful and desperate he becomes. Because see, God is his, his enemy and, and he... He just, in his own deluded mind, he thinks that before this thing is all over, he's going to win. And as, 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 as time goes on and he realizes he's closer to the moment of confrontation and cataclysm, he thinks he's going to get more people to go along with him and he's going to have an army that will defeat God. Now, you know, you got to have BBs for brains to believe that, but... <laughs> But he's, but he is, look, the reason why he is such a great deceiver is that he himself is deceived. See, he believes his own press clippings. He believes his own lies. Now, he knows when he's telling other people lies about things, but, you know, in terms of, of his delusion that somehow he, he you know, do you know Satan thinks every day, boy, if I could have just won that battle in heaven, everybody would be so much better off. He thinks he would have been better for the world than God. And that's how deluded he is. I will exalt my star above the throne of God. I will be like the most high. I will sit upon the sides of the north and preside over the congregation. And won't they be better off? You know, saints, forgive me for this little footnote, but, but I'm, I'm reading a book on the French Revolution, and it is a further confirmation of this. Every, with one exception, Every time people set out to overthrow what they call an oppressive government, they create something that's worse than what they overthrew. I mean, the French people overthrew Louis XVI, executed him, and got Robespierre. And he began to put people to the guillotine by the thousands. Louis XVI wasn't doing that. <laughs> but they... But they they in, the guillotine really had not been proved. It was invented during that time. Oh, and Robespierre put it to work and created a system in which there was no law. There was no due process. All, all they had to do, this little commune he was with, all they had to do was point the finger at you and accuse you and you could be executed summarily. That was the revolution. And by the way, you know what they called it? Liberty, fraternity, equality. Yeah, really. <laughs> now, why, why am I saying that? Because that's the spirit of the devil. I mean, remember, this whole mess we're in, in terms of sin, began because he thought he was going to overthrow God, and he's going to have, oh, it's going to be so much better when I take over. 
And I'm not saying, by the way, that that's never good, but there's only one time in history where the revolution produced a better system than it overthrew, and that's the United States of America. Amen. That's it. That's it. You can't point anywhere else and say, oh, yeah, they were so much better off after their revolution, except the United States of America. And I know what people will say, yeah, but Bishop, it wasn't, it wasn't better off for black people who were in slavery, but I'm not in slavery. It was going to get better for everybody. By, and by the way, look, it wasn't better off. It wasn't necessarily better for people who owned no property because if you didn't own any property, you couldn't vote. It wasn't better off for women because women couldn't vote. Look, you know, revelation is progressive. People, remember, we were coming out of the dark ages, coming out of a kind of barbaric world. And, 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 and to me, folks, based upon my reading of history, the most civilizing force in the world, other than Christianity itself, is the United States of America. Because, look, the French passed something they call the Declaration of the Rights of Man, and it didn't mean a hill of beans. They even, they even created a convention of rights, which they said was modeled after the Constitutional Convention, and they sat in the convention and determined who to execute. But our convention produced, built upon the principle, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by our creator. See, that's, that's where the French went wrong. First of all, they got rid of God. Yeah, no, we, 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 you know, they wanted to secularize France. They thought God was in the way. I mean, Robespierre, to my view, was really the first communist. I'm serious, because he, he took on a kind of, Robespierre was the first one to propose for an entire nation to do away with all private property. The property be owned by the state. So this, this mindset that we're going to overthrow the system and we're going to make everybody better. Huh, if it's not rooted and grounded in God, it's a disaster for human beings. Amen. 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 Second Timothy 3.13 says evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Deception, lies. That's what underlies the whole system of, of evil and wickedness and wrongdoing. It's, it's all built on a tissue of lies. That's, that's Satan. Jesus said that Satan's stock in trade says they will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. In other words, lying to themselves and to others and being lied to, that that's the stock and trade of the end times. I mean, the Antichrist will take over. What will he use? The Bible says he will use lying wonders. In other words, he'll make himself seem like, oh, he's just, man, just the greatest thing that ever walked on the face of the earth. And it'll all be based on lies and deception, amen? Amen. Amen. So look, if you want to undermine faith in Jesus Christ, you've got to substitute it with something else, right? You've got to take the truth out and you've got to put falsehood and lies in. Amen. And we see this, sadly, we see there are people trying to do this in our very own country here in the United States of America. Of course, it's happening all over the world. But if you want to undermine faith in Jesus Christ, you've got to attack several things in order to, to do, get at that. Number one, you've got to attack the Bible. You got to say the Bible's not true. The Bible's not accurate. The Bible's not reliable. 
So you got to under, you got to attack the word of God because the word of God is truth. You got to attack the family. And we know that's been done, right? I mean, we know that's, man, I, there, there's a war path going on against the family, against marriage as we know it, against gender. The, the, the family construct that God built is based on two genders, male and female, and along comes all these pinhead professors and these idiots. They want to tell us we got 134 genders. I mean, and anybody with, with you, look, you don't even have to be a mature Christian. Just common sense would make you look at things and say, what? How could that possibly be? But they expect everybody to go along with that. Amen. And it's, it's all it's all a lie. And of course, you've got to attack the church, right? I said what 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 France basically did uh, during the revolution was the government sort of took over the church and and all clergy were responsible to were required to swear allegiance to the state, not to God. So France right now is a secular state. I mean, they they ruined Christianity in France from that point on. I'm not saying there aren't Christians there, but I'll tell you what, it's not a Christian culture at all. And the churches that are still there, the buildings that are still there, nothing but mausoleums, you know, big historic uh, buildings that have no real use. And then, of course, you've got to attack the resurrection, right? Remember, I just read from you this politician down in Georgia talking about there is something that transcends the resurrection, and that is our doing good. And you got a nerve to stand in the pulpit. They ought to run you out of there. And because the Bible says, not by works of righteousness that I have done, but by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves is the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. And that grace and that faith are paid for by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There is nothing that transcends that. Amen. Without that, the Bible says, if Christ be not raised, then our faith is in vain. Amen. There is no Christianity without the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the devil wants to keep people away from all that. And of course, he wants to keep people away from Christmas. Because you see, in order for the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ to have the validity it must have, Jesus had to be born of a virgin. There's no other way it could be done. He had to be born of a virgin. Well, see, they want to throw out saints. That's why this, this, this vehement opposition against nativity scenes. Get those out. We don't want those. You can put up a Santa Claus statue. <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but we don't want a nativity scene. That should not be on private property. Because they don't want to be reminded of the miracle of Christmas. I mean, the miracle of Christmas is that Jesus Christ's birth is a miracle itself. He is the only human being ever born that didn't have a human father, other than Adam, of course, that didn't have a human father. And Adam wasn't born. Adam was created. That didn't have a human father. God is his father. Was and is. Amen. And they don't want anybody to be reminded of that. They don't want people to, to realize that, the look, the, the, the essence of our salvation is that he who knew no sin... Look, you and I are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Jesus was not. So wait, 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 he was born of a woman. Yeah, but the, but the line of, of sinful legacy was through Adam. And by not having a, a human father, 
Jesus legally did not carry that sin legacy. So he was, he was the, the last Adam, meaning just like Adam, he was free and capable of sin, but he had no inner inclination towards sin like you and I do. Adam didn't either. Adam had no inclination towards sin. He had to be persuaded.